dropping the views from the clutch. I go by the name of Smart Alex. I'm here with my brother from another. See, Gray, what's good? And we return with another edition of Views from the Clutch. As always, we like to take a moment out to say thank you to our supporters, listeners, and subscribers. If you would like to follow us, you can do so on any of the podcasts and platforms that we are hosted on. Spotify, Apple Music, for example. If you can, please leave us a five-star review or just a comment just to let us know that you are checking us out. You can email us directly at viewsfromtheclutch at gmail.com. Tag us on social media at viewsfromtheclutch on Instagram and Facebook. Brother, 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 here we are, and we are officially past the quarter mark of the season. Ja Morant has returned. Yep. They are already posting playoff odds for the Memphis Grizzlies to possibly make the playoffs. So we're going to start there. Can the Grizzlies make the playoffs? Bold prediction, yes or no right now. As of December 22nd, are the Memphis Grizzlies going to the playoffs? Uh, yeah, eight and nineteen. Many, to give you fair perspective, eight and eleven games under. How many games are they? For, well, you know, let me look to see how many games they are from the play. They are six games out of the play, which is oh, they could, yeah, yeah. They, that's a fact. They can make that. Hold on, let me see who's the teams in front of them though. Uh, I can see Houston. Mm, yeah, oh God, yeah. it's going to be interesting to watch because I'm looking at the teams that are currently. Ahead of them, and higher than them in the standings, and it's going to be a dogfight. But it we will spoke be... about who could hold water, and so far, the two teams that we identified likely might be able to do it are still doing it. So, and mm-hmm. those are the ones that create the uh, the shakeup in the playoff standings in the West. And that's Minnesota and Oklahoma City. Now, both of those guys were in, in, in the playoff runs now, but they're the number one and two teams in the, in the conference. Which is crazy. Was not expecting that. Yeah. Um, finally, the Gobert trade pays off. But getting back to Memphis. So, mm-hmm. John Morant is back, and I think, what did they They won their last Two season? straight. Mm-hmm. Two straight. He won both he, games he's played in. Yeah, returned and won the first game on a buzzer beater. Yep. Hit the game winner against uh, Pelicans. And then I think he came back and had like a, a 20 and 5 uh-huh. game where they won. Well, yeah, and that was his home return, which, which is not, it's not bad, bad numbers at all. I'm just saying, I think he had 35 in his first game this, back. Yeah. Like, 34, you know, like, 34 and a 8. And I think 20, 20 and 6 on his return. I think it was 20 and 5. Yeah. Um, the- again, I feel like we should. Just remind people that there's a list that we have of about maybe four or five guys that you put them on a team and you give them, what do we say, NBA-level starters, uh-huh. and you're going to go to the playoffs. I think three years ago when we started this, job was on that list. Uh-huh. That's not going to change. Not going to change. I think it was a job. I think – I don't know if we had Luca on there. but I, mean, I think it was Ja. I think it was Ja, Luca, and – um. No, I don't forgot what other young talent then. It might have been Giannis that we also said, but I mean, along Probably, those lines. They wouldn't be in the same age range. That's what, you know what I mean? Like, relatively. I don't know young. if we did it by age range. I think we were just flat out talking about guys who are just that good. They're like, you, they're oh, so okay. good that they'll drag, they'll drag a, a starter level team to yeah. the playoffs just off of their presence alone. And Josh is proving that. Um, so, my odds are that he'll find a way to get them into the playoffs. And this is one of those seasons where I think if he's able to do what the storybook allows him to do, it'll be one of those great turnaround seasons where everybody will look at it and be mad, not at job, but for job. Mm-hmm. Like, you see, you see, the league was ready for you to take it over and you made it that much harder for yourself. Because that's, yeah, that's that's what he's been dealing with. Facts. And he's also not eligible for any, um, any postseason award. awards. Is he any eligible award. for the All-Star game, though? Or no? The All-Star game has the fan-driven element to it, so... But, I, I mean, has, has I don't, he, know, I don't can, know if he's ineligible to be on the ballot. I think the ballot may have okay. games play requirements now, too. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Which yeah, would, that's, be, that's weird, which would be weird and immoral because, remember, this is the same NBA that, like, found a way to get Magic back on the court. And 
they yeah, have been guys a different who, time. Different but time. they have guys, they have guys who blew out their knee in the first game of the season and were able to come back for the all-star game and got voted in just because of their name. You know what I mean? We've no. seen that. Yeah, no, no, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's not so we will not be surprised. I just didn't know what these new how they have to look new up. stuff. You have to look it up. But again, it, I we can see that happen. Again, if if he can bring them He's an all-star though. So it's yeah, not he like is. it would be a bad thing. He's an all-star. So, no, of course. And again, and, and, and the way he could excuse me, the way he can actually affect the game and affect the team and affect the city and 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 be the NBA. Uh the NBA, but also overcome this adversity that he hit. I mean, you know, the NBA believes in second chances. That storyline is something to um pay attention to as the season goes on because I mean, let's just be real. It, it's almost like another version. He's going to be this, this this generation's version. He has a chance to be this generation's version. You're going to say I'm being bold, but I'm just going to say it. He has the opportunity to be this generation's version of Allen Iverson. Oh, no, no. That's, I was, I was going to say Allen Iverson. That's, that's immediately who I thought of. Okay, cool. Because I know how, you know, we, we hold certain guys with reverence, and every now and then somebody's like, ah, oh, man, you're going to compare him. I ain't saying you're going to compare him. Well, on the court, I'm not trying to do that, but on trajectory of exactly the end of trajectory is nothing wrong with having a trajectory or a path that mirrors that point. Obviously, you would like to win a championship from John Morant because you don't want to, as, as stellar as Allen Iverson Hall of Fame career is, that is the only blemish. So, as a you know, job still being young in his career, he would definitely want to, um, you know, have that one up on Allen Iverson or any other player that had to carry a, a franchise dealing with adversity, dealing with just different things that maybe some of it was self-inflicted and sometimes maybe it was perceived. Um, so that's one thing too. So I think Ja, ja, ja has the chance to really figure this out. I mean, he definitely has – obviously he's going to get the shots up. He did not look tired. He did not look like he was um, – he didn't miss. Look like he missed. Was missing a step. He didn't look like Zion. So, out there. what you say? I mean, if that's what you want to go with, yeah. He didn't look, he didn't, not he didn't look like there was a conditioning issue. He looked like he looked like he was, it was ready. Game twenty six for him. Instead of it exactly. being game one, it was game twenty six. Mm. He exactly. And you know, it, it it's which is it's, scary. Yeah. Because his legs are still fresh, no matter how you cut it. Like we all know. Or if you've played sports, you know that there's just a level of when you haven't given your body that wear and tear, those initial that initial burst you have to start a playing season, you, you're you're a little bit more bouncy than everybody. You know what I'm saying? Because the road trips and the flights and the treatments mm-hmm. and the and the bumps and but bruises also, they haven't yeah, accumulated. That's true, but then, then also the conditioning though, mm-hmm. because you have not played and you're not going game scoot. You can't duplicate what happens in practice. So the uh, the fact that, I mean, he looked ready to go. I mean, he said he was tired, obviously. Mm-hmm. But but you, the performance did not showcase that. So yeah. for him, hopefully he can continue to, uh, you know, flourish and the team can actually be what, what you wanted him to be. I mean, because, again, by them, um, by the NBA having this playing tournament, it's definitely going to be a storyline to pay attention to mm-hmm. when they get to the uh, closer to the end of the season. Because again, if Memphis feels like they have a push, maybe they'll maybe the roster gets altered a little bit. Maybe you know because I mean we're gonna have you to just never know. That. You think you think you think that? Do you think okay? So so that we can segue because I feel like we've given a team that's eight and nineteen. Well, I don't want to give them too much of our. our I mean, but again, time. they were on they're eight and nineteen and one uh, when a top. Top ten mm-hmm. player comes back and galvanizes that, you know, because they look like a whole different team in those two games. Absolutely, you know? I, I mean, you are so. a whole different team when you have a guy like John Morant that you can bring back out there. Um, his impact on fantasy alone in two games is has been stellar. So, because oh, he is also he's also a low turnover guy. So he's incredibly efficient because he doesn't take many threes. And when he does take threes, he tends to make them. Not at a high clip, but at a clip that it's enough that it doesn't affect his true shooting percentage and, and his effect on the team. This is a guy who people can't keep out of the paint, but yet every team guarding him dares him to shoot. 
So it's amazing yeah. that he's able to to do the things that he does, and it's a testament to just being truly unique. But again, I feel like the team that they constructed, as far as while they were waiting for him to come back and all the roster moves, I feel like they're positioned pretty good. You know, you got Smart, you got Rose, so you kind of have like a solidified backcourt situation. Would, and I didn't even mention Bain, but you know, Bain is a mainstay right there. That's just starting two guard, and he's been playing mm-hmm. like one this year. You know, at his same level. Mm-hmm. You got JJJ, he's back. I just feel like if they have to make a move, it's going to be because they don't have the front court depth that they have remained without. Because remember, um, is it Brandon Clark who he tore mm-hmm. his he tore his he tore his knee, yeah. And then Stephen Adams is he out for the season or is he just out indefinitely? But he's out. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think it is for the season. But so I think that's going to be what could that that would be my thing that would be the move that they'll probably wind up needing to make is getting a, a front court guy. Maybe maybe they wind up finding a way to get Vucevic when this whole bull situation, which we might talk about but might not talk about. Let's just really quick jump to the current trend. It's not a big trend, but the fact that it actually happened, I do believe we should address it or at least speak to it. The Detroit Pistons fans were chanting, sell the team. A, a, mm. a chant that Knicks fans are familiar with because it's something that used to be wow. said to those. Mm-hmm. Do you think? I mean, how? how they're two and twenty-six. They're they they have it. What did they? They've lost twenty-five in a row because I have the mm-hmm. up, thankfully, so I can finally speak with some accuracy. But they've lost twenty-five in a row. Their coach has one of the most expensive contracts in NBA history, if not the most expensive. What are they to do? You say yeah, blow it all up, but it's literally exploded right there. Like, yeah, but the thing about it, rock bottom okay. while rebuilding. Yeah, but it, and the the biggest thing with that is you honestly have a lot of pieces that I don't. There's only one of two pieces that you can literally say you would want. If and again, all of those most of a lot of those players are young players. Why do you why do you have there's some players on that team that really have no function because how do you move forward? You want you want to keep Cade Cunningham, right? You want to keep uh my man what's the what's the uh forward? Um Jay not Jalen Duran or you're talking yeah, Dur- about yeah, no, no, J- Jalen Duran. Mm-hmm. Um other than that, I'm getting rid of everybody. Ivy hasn't panned out. Killian Hayes definitely is not. Jaden Ivy hasn't panned out. The is fact this, is, isn't this his second year? This is his second year, but what I mean is, you have to do something because obviously nobody's coming to save you. So what are you going to do? Because if they even have to make a decision, because you can't pay money all that all that money to go away because that's a guaranteed contract, and he just started. So if mm-hmm. if you do that, then you have to look at either getting rid of the GM and then a new GM comes in and starts making changes or you really buckle down and say, "You know what? We're going to change we're going to change the lineups." Because it's got to be it's got to be something. I mean, you don't, but you don't have you have Cade Cunningham and who else can, can, can is a consistent scorer? No, they have a bunch of guys that are average eight, nine, maybe ten, you know. But that's not good enough. Mm. So they have something like, um, I think it's like eleven lottery picks on their roster. Yeah, but who wants any of those lottery picks? I don't think it's about one. I'm just speaking to the fact that they actually managed to accumulate that much level of high drafted, not good talent. Or what appears to currently be not good talent. Yeah, I don't, it's not panning I, out I, so far. Here's my thing. Here's my my perspective. From okay, there are guys on that team that is almost like yeah, bail. But most of the guys that that you talk about yeah, bail on these are the older guys. They're younger guys. I'm still willing to wait and see if there's hope for Wiseman. I don't believe there is, but I, I'm hoping for something that he can at least turn himself into a serviceable NBA player. Same thing for Marvin Bagley but you got them both on your team. You got Killian Hayes 
and you got Jaden Ivey, like you said. What I think their problem is is redundancy, and it points to what you also mentioned. You've got guys that nobody wants, but you also haven't identified who's worth keeping. You're probably going to keep a sore Thompson because he's looking like he can become one of the best defensive players in the NBA. Him and his brother are magical on defensively. They can't shoot, but they, they both get out there on the floor and their, their ranginess and the things that I see them do defensively, uh, they're generational. Um, Jalen Duran, like you said, he's a certified NBA player. He plays center for them, apparently. Um, mm-hmm. Cade, you, you know, number one draft pick. He, he hasn't been healthy, and now that he is healthy, I just think that right now what they're going through, I hope that there's a, a, a corner they can turn and actually become something because, again, I don't want to see Monty Williams fail. We, we have a brother who went out and got a really good bag, went through a lot of things in Phoenix, some of which he was responsible for, some of which he couldn't control. But overall, it's a person who is well-respected in the NBA community for the most part. I do want to see, you know, a positive outcome to what's going on in Detroit. But again, I just don't have an idea what they do. I think, I think their, their primary thing is, I think you let this season play out. And then, like you said, you get ready to go in and you don't go in with like a scalpel. You go in with like a blowtorch and, you know, the big stuff. You, you really have to do a full on teardown and rebuild and, have a true direction because I just feel like right now they're having a, a tryout. Like they're yeah, and, and it ain't and it ain't working out. Yeah, because they don't. Again, they don't have. When I'm looking at their roster, I'm like, I didn't think they would be this bad, but I definitely can look at say, mm, okay, I can see why you're this bad. Yeah, because when I look at their roster, they don't have anybody. Again, those two guys. Other than that. Who on this roster, for one, okay, you said it's all Thompson, right? He's a rookie, which he's doing good. He's actually leading the team in rebounds, which is crazy. Um, From the three position. Yeah. and But they don't have any any shooters. They don't have any guys that can go, hey, I need a basket, go get it. Cade Cunningham, yes, it's the only one. But other than that, you don't have you, – you, you don't have – any pieces that I look to say, okay, maybe yes. Jaden Ivy getting rid of him, he just and he just got in. I would hold off on that. But I'm getting rid of again, I'm getting rid of James Wiseman. I'm getting rid of Killian Hayes. I'm getting rid of um Marvin Bagley. You know what now I'm you're, saying? You're getting rid of these guys in lieu of getting what back? Uh more you just hope more you just hope talent. You can, Again, you, you hope you can you can or you try to or either that or you try to you try to you try to offer the G, you try to offer um, Oklahoma City and Sam Presti you try to offer them the every franchise in Detroit uh, from the Tigers to the Lions to the Pistons ownership and equity in them you know what I'm saying to pry him out of Oklahoma City because obviously. He's doing. I mean, something, they right? could. I mean, they could in a sense. Oh, you're saying you basically point your direction towards having someone else run the front office. That's you have to. You have to do something because what you, you currently did, you have. You did let Dwayne Casey step into the front office. I don't know their 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 management structure. They're we're gonna. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna look into that. But I don't want to again. Okay. Boil water on. Detroit. Whatever. Whatever it is. Again, you just bought Monty in. You paying mm-hmm. Monty. Monty's uh, stuck. Again, that's what I mean. So you have to. So if that's the case, then you everybody find a else that can work with Monty, and like you said, he needs to be on a Sam Presti ish level of being able to assemble. You better talent. call up Bob Myers and say, "Hey, look, dude, yeah. I see you on ESPN. Holla at you your wanna, boy. You want to you want to remix Golden State in Detroit? Here's your shot. You Here's your shot. Do it in another city." Yeah, yeah, his 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 ninety million because you know we paid Monty eighty. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh man, Detroit's about to start pay, pay, paying people like the Dodgers just to just to, They're gonna just have to work to. there. For real, but like, yeah. what do you think? I'm Monty took the job because of that. He did. He said in the conference, he said he named two things, and then he said, "And let's just be real, the money." He said, "I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be shy about this." He was like, "I'm gonna be real with you. The money is definitely 
attractive and part of why I signed. Like, you know, we run away from that and people don't always have pride in the fact that they're getting paid. I, I take a lot of pride in the fact that these people were willing to give me this kind of money. Again, I don't want to I don't want to put a gun on Monty and say it's his fault. When you look at what they have, what really could okay, maybe they could have won more than two games. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now probably they were in position to win more than two games. But when you look at what they have out there, you know that at the end of a game, if it's close, let's just trap Kay Cunningham all for the for the for the, the rest of the fourth quarter and see what these other guys do. You're leaving a guy like like you said, like like I said, Thompson, who can't shoot open. You're leaving a guy like Jalen Durant open, who's a, a big man. They don't like they don't have anybody that outside of K that you can give the ball and say, go get a bucket, and it's really at an NBA level reliable. Uh-uh. So that's gonna put you in a position to lose a lot of these games. You can't the closing means so much. Look at what it did for Sacramento. De'Aaron Fox, the best clutch player in the NBA, Sacramento able to be one of the top four seeds in the West. So that means that when it came clutch time, they were able to close out games and get those wins that a lot of teams can't, or even be in a position to compete. That's so much about what the NBA is about, being able to be there when it's time to throw the haymaker. A lot of teams are already knocked out. That's what Golden State made themselves famous off of. We used mm-hmm. to see Steph Curry and, and Clay not play fourth quarters. Exactly. So with that being said, you know, prayers up for Detroit. You know, that's a city that is deserving of, you know, some some good tidings. I hope that situation can be figured out. I definitely wanted to at least speak on it. And then now let's get into the, you know, where, where teams are starting to sit and what do you think is going to happen. The Knicks have been able to hold on to the five spot in lieu of the injuries. They signed Todd Gibson, but has he even played? I think he played like a couple of minutes. Not much though. If but who's starting for you? Who's starting for uh, Hartenstein? Hartenstein. Okay. Yep. Okay. So I mean, I feel like Tibbs is gonna be able to to hold the water. Y'all y'all won't go below five hundred, but it, it's just gonna be again. You guys play really close to y'all. Point differential is three points. Mm-hmm. So. But what, what makes y'all have an opportunity to win a lot of those games is the fact that y'all have a Jalen Brunson. He's clutch. So mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel like the Knicks are going to be right in the middle of the East. But I also read that they filed for an exception and that Mitchell Robinson is likely out for the season. No, he is out for the season like with, with, with the uh, injury. And they filed for the exception. So that's going to be interesting to see what they do with that because – that what made they get, ma- like a seven point eight million. I think they filed for seven, yeah, filed for seven point eight million dollar ex- exception. So you tie that into if you file, you're doing something like that, and you in 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 the next couple of what, next couple of weeks, next couple of days, seven point eight million disabled player exception. Yeah. So in the next couple of weeks, you start call- making phone calls to certain GMs, saying who. Who can we trade now? Because now, if you get, if you get, if the NBA approves that, mm-hmm. that allows you to sign a higher player without possibly giving up a player that you might want to keep because the salary differential. Um, so that's going to be very interesting to see what they end up doing. I think the mm-hmm. Knicks have to obviously get another another uh, big man because I also read that uh, Sims, their their young their young center. He's out with an ankle injury for a couple mm-hmm. of weeks. So mm-hmm. you can't have just Hartenstein and Taj Gibson as your two two powerful I mean two centers. I think you have to go out there and, and you know try to get another center. Even if it's at this point, maybe you call up a guy that was a prior Nick and that's mm-hmm. not doing anything to sit on the couch, maybe Nolan's Noel or Somebody else that's not going to, you know, that's going to fit that mold of what they were doing before. Hey, does mm-hmm. this have those extra personnel out there for that Tibbs type of people that he likes? But again, if the Knicks, I would not be surprised, especially after this Christmas, bring into the new year, the Knicks will be uh, looking to um, add a player, add a player to that roster. You know, and it could be a, via, via trade or it could be you know, signing, signing a uh, power forward. I mean, a center that, that replaces Mitchell Robinson. All right. So, so we're at that point where the balloon is starting to pop for a lot of these teams. Um, Indiana is now fighting for the eighth spot mm-hmm. because the post uh, in-season tournament malaise has 
caused them to not win a lot of their most recent Reality games. Reality started they are on a one game Their last 10 games, they're five and five. Um, same thing for the Lakers. The Lakers are stinking it up. Um, they they definitely got taught a lesson by the New York Knicks and then followed mm-hmm. that up with another lesson. And they've lost four in a row. So they're in a mm-hmm. 10th spot in the West. So there is something to be said about that intensity of the in-season tournament and how it changes you or your, your mentality. And then you go back into the regular season and you don't know what pocket to be in. So yeah, because you were just celebrating. See, yeah, you were just celebrating, and you were you were you were showing to to the rest of the league that you were here. You have arrived. Exactly. Well, you know, and your arrival means that you're the eighth seed if you're Indiana, and your arrival or your your return means that you're the tenth seed if you're Los Angeles. These teams are going to have to win games, or it's going to lessen the impact of the end season tournament and all of this prestige that built up. Exactly, it's going to have a reverse effect. So I definitely wanted to explore that aspect of it because I think that everybody was, you know, spraying potpourri and roses mm-hmm. as it was going on because it was entertaining. Yes. But now, but now that that entertainment element has brought us back to the regular season grind and competing to be the best team in your conference – Winning an in-season tournament didn't determine that either one of those teams were one of the best teams in the conference. If anything, the regular season has proven contrary. So, yeah. great. You can go out and win five games, three games in a row. Cool. Mm-hmm. You, you, you need to do more to, to be one of the better teams. Boston and Milwaukee continue to have the, the two best records in the East. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Boston is almost a machine. It was like Kristaps went out and came back, and we didn't even really realize he was gone as far as I was concerned. I don't watch a lot of Boston games. No. I, I kind of watch them from a distance. Mm-hmm. But I do know that Kristaps was out temporarily, but it appears that he's returned. And, you know, they are undefeated at home. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. 14-0 and 0 at the crib. That's, 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 a, that's very good. It's not and too they're many. Above, and they're right above 500 on the road which is a blueprint for typically making long runs in the postseason because that's what mm-hmm. you need to do. You need to be dominant at home and able to win on the road. Yep. You don't have to be great on the road, but you need to be able to win on the road. That's and it fact. looks like Boston's got that figured out. Milwaukee's 16-2 and two at home. Philadelphia's dominant at home. They're actually pretty damn good on the road, too. Um, I, I, I mean, I know that episode got deleted, but like, I'm just going to keep saying it. Philadelphia, man. They're not going to go away, not with Nick Nurse, not with what he's retooled that team to do around Joel Embiid. It's crazy. What did he just have, like a, a record-breaking week or something like that? Like he was the first player in history to average like something in 14 for like 10 straight games. He did something crazy. Oh, Embiid, yeah. He, he, I forgot the exact, exact stat. But he had 51 the other night, and he uh, he's just been putting that work in, which, which you can't blame him. I mean, go ahead and do your thing, player. Like, okay, so he extends streak with thirty plus points and ten rebounds to twelve games. His his the most his current streak is the longest such streak since Kareem did it sixteen straight games in nineteen seventy one seventy two. So that means he's doing something that Shaq even never did. That's crazy. If the last guy to do it was Kareem, and now you're chasing what Kareem did in nineteen seventy one seventy two. Wait, what's what's the stat again? You said it's it's what thirty and ten. 30 plus points and 10 plus rebounds to 12 straight games. So that in 12 straight games, that's crazy. 30 or more points and 10 plus rebounds. Son, I ain't gonna lie to you. I was not paying attention to that. The last person to do it, Kareem Abdul Jabbar in 1971. And he did it for 16 straight games. So that's what I was saying. Joel is out there doing something and it almost goes back to me having to kind of like give you credit because you say yeah man I, you know, I, I like Maxi, but I don't know if he can you know <laughs> I don't uh-huh. know if he can hold the water for a whole season he gonna pop off but uh-huh. I would have to look at their stats to look at his splits to see if 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 he if he hasn't been able to hold the end of the bargain but knowing that Philadelphia really doesn't have that much scoring outside of Embiid and Maxi, I would think that he's probably still right there yeah Maxi is giving you 26 a game. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I'm looking at them. They're playing They're playing right now. Uh, Toronto Raptors and uh, Tobias Harris is actually leading the way with 29 in the third quarter. 
unbelievable. And Tobias is giving you 16 a game. Yeah, but remember how everybody said, but remember, oh, you know, now that all these guys out the way, Tobias could be, you know, a, 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 a for real third scorer. No, no, no. I said, no, I've been Tobias, saying Tobias Harris loves to score in the teens. Yeah, he, he does. Like that, that's his pocket. Yep. I'm gonna give you a good 17, 18, 19 yep. points a game. Exactly. You know? Yeah, he, and I'm he, not mad at that. He does just enough to not really be talked about as if, hey, we need you to step up. He just kind of gives you that, hey, these are my consistent numbers my whole career. This is what I am. I mean, do does everybody feel like he can be better? Absolutely. But is has he been? No, he's been consistent at what he is. So you just have to bring in other players because – And I think even, Uber is back now, right? Yeah, Kelly Uber is back. So I think he's allowing – I mean, again, if you can have Tobias Harris – give you from 16 to 18 points and you're not looking at him to be one of your top options. Yeah. I mean, that's good for Tobias Harris. Fly underneath the radar and never really be called out for, like, how come can't, you can't step up? Yeah, I mean, you're no longer being overpaid. Well, after this season, I suppose. Well, this is the last man. season of that contract. I'm, I'm, uh, I got to double check that. I'm not sure about I'm pretty sure this is the last season of that contract, which was leading me to believe, I believe when we were rolling out to talk at the beginning of the season, he, he's an expiring contract. So if Philadelphia was having a problem, he would be mm. something that they could use as an asset to package out with. Because if yeah, you but want to see... take back a big salary guy, um, I don't know. I have to look at his contract. Yeah, but still, at that point, because also when the James Harden trade happened, I was, un- I was, go- I was, I was on record saying that you know, they're going to probably have to do something with that team, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But all they've been doing with that team is a winning from them. Yeah, and I, so, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm a Nick Nurse guy, and I felt like if he didn't press Maury, because one thing you have to give Maury credit for, if people come to him within the team and tell him they need to do something different, he goes out looking. Mm-hmm. He did that in Houston consistently. He yeah, even did it with Doc Rivers in Philadelphia. You know, yeah. he said, yo, bring in more Harden's guys. He brought in mm-hmm. more Harden's guys, and that's how they wound up with P.J. Tucker over there and Daniel House. And some of the, those are Rockets. That, yeah, you know, exactly. They're part of that era. So Maury listens, and he looks at the analytics, and, yeah, he's in the – this is the last year of his deal. He's getting paid $39 million. Jesus. He's an, unrestricted, he's an unrestricted free agent. So that's why I'm saying if things weren't going well with Tobias Harris – and you need a big salary middle of the season, he's an expiring contract. So if you exactly. want to take back a star who you need to match the contract and get something for him, you know Tobias isn't the piece that you're getting for him, but it's the piece that you need to make the numbers add up. He, he could have been that, but it looks like he's going to finish out that contract in Philadelphia because they're third in the East. Yeah, And, it's, and again, as good as Boston and Milwaukee look, Boston is top-heavy. And I'm going to keep mm-hmm. saying that they are very. Oh, that's a fact. That's a fact. So, you know, it's it, and it, and truth be told, they have two players. Their two best players are young, so they have the ability to hold up. But everybody that's around them is going to need time off. Already, Porzingis has had his. Al Horford is not a spring chicken. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Drew Holiday is 35, I believe. Either way, yeah, he's been. I mean, a good the the unsung hero of that Boston Celtics group is not just the Pazingas being effective, but it's Derek White. He's always coming up either defensively or offensively, putting numbers in that you were not accounting for, and he's Mm -hmm. he's stepping up. So that's what you. That's one thing that you again a person that he's kind of been the X factor for that team's success on on a low because again you know Jalen. Jalen Brown, as you know, Jason Tatum. You know they're going to mm-hmm. do what they do, but to have those... He's kind of like replaced Marcus Smart, but quietly. Because Marcus Smart was that kind of glue guy, the scrappy one who will get you a, mm-hmm. a steal when you needed one or make the right read in a situation where everybody else should have been able to see it coming, but he just was the only one who had the, you know, the ability to get it done. And, and a team like Boston, they need that with the way that they play. I mean... Again, they're top heavy. They shoot a lot of threes. They play good enough defense that they have a, a margin for error that gives them an opportunity to, you know, give the ball to Tatum and Brown and close out a game when they need to. Mm-hmm. 
Still, you know, that team has been in the championship window conversation since, what, Tatum was in his rookie season? Pretty much. Because he played LeBron in his rookie season, right? Isn't that his rookie pretty, pretty season much. in the Western Conference Finals dunking on him? Was he a rookie when he did mm-hmm. that? Or was he a second-year player? I thought he was a uh, – I thought he was a rookie because Jalen Brown is is older than him. And I think mm-hmm. that was Jalen Brown's uh, second year. So, yeah, that's correct. And what, Tatum is going into his, what, seventh season? Just about. So you got a guy who has been on a trajectory of competing for a title pretty much since he arrived in the city. And, you know, that window is their window. And I I feel like we'll be talking about them near the end of the season, but the way that team is constructed, time will tell. There's been a lot of teams that ring up 61 wins. We've seen it before. And then come playoff time, another team just hasn't figured out. I feel like Philadelphia is a heavyweight fight waiting to happen with any one of those teams in the East. And if you got Joel and B.A. in a cage match for seven games with the way that Nick Nurse has them playing, you ain't coming out alive. So even though Philadelphia is the third team, because they have traded out Doc Rivers and gotten a coach that I believe in, I believe they're the sleeper team in the East. Hmm. Well, it was the way Embiid's been playing, you ain't got that much. You ain't got that much sleep to have. Yeah, but I mean, as been, far been as, as, up far as the, to come out of the East, all the way and get to the finals, I've, I've I've got more. From what I've seen so far, I got more belief that Philadelphia can figure it out. More so than Boston and Milwaukee, and they and they don't have a better record than them. I feel like what we've spoken about with. With with Milwaukee, with the fact that uh, Adrian Griffin, I, I don't know, I don't know. I'd have to see, I'd have to see how those players that have never been in that situation. Again, the, the experience is a real thing. So you got experience with Boston being in those situations. You also got experience with Milwaukee. The only person from Milwaukee that hasn't been in those situations is Dame. Other than that, if they get in there at the very end, there's a chance that that experience might play off. So, but yes, I mean to say they're the X factor. Okay, that's that's. Understandable. So right now, Boston versus Philadelphia in a seven-game series. You got Boston. Right. Well, well, right now, no, because because <laughs> Pazingas and and Tatum t- 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 are hurt. All healthy. Oh, all hurt. Yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take I'll take Boston. All healthy Milwaukee versus Philly. You got you got. I'll, t- I'll take I'll take I'll take. Um. Yeah, I'll take I'll take that because again I haven't seen those young guys from Philadelphia produce, and it's talking about a seven game series where mm-hmm. the matchups is no you know you it's no longer yeah I, I'm gonna take Giannis. Okay, and, and again I don't fault you on that. I I just wanted to see if we could put put that conversation out in the air. So let's not go ahead and discredit the the rest of the West. Um, again the balloon popped and Orlando went from being the second best team in the East to now they're fourth. We, we Again, I'm not saying that I'm, they're going to fall out of the playoff run. I'm not saying They lost that. four straight, though. Keep that in mind. The reality, the reality sets in, and teams start to figure themselves out, and experience and all those other factors weigh in. Orlando had a really good defense. They had a pretty good point differential, but now that margin is closed. They're, they're only separated by the teams they beat by two and a half points a game. It mm-hmm. means something. Philadelphia wins by 11. They actually lead the league in point differential, even though they have the third best record in the East. But Boston's right there. They they average winning games by like nine. Mm-hmm. But those are some of the, the outlying factors that I look at. You look at their pace and you look at how they stop teams from scoring. And, you know, Boston and, and Philadelphia aren't really far apart. Philadelphia's actually scoring more than them. So I just feel like from what I've seen, how Philadelphia is configured and the way they're running their offense now, I don't know if Boston has enough to really stop him because Embiid going to eat. He going to eat Porzingis, and I feel like he going to eat Brook Lopez. So that's why I favor him because Giannis is not going to switch down and try to take Embiid out of the game. He can't. He can't. Look, Giannis made, Giannis made AD look even more frail than he already is. Embiid made AD look like he was invisible. So I just feel like that that level of brute strength that Embiid brings with what he does with his skill 
in a situation where the coach has actually figured out a way to take advantage of it and not be a detriment to the rest of the team, they're a problem. It's almost like how Mike Malone modeled the Denver offense to flow through Jokic mm-hmm. and allow him to make all those decisions and make the defense be really be so worried about what he's going to do that you almost give all those other players options and opportunities to take advantage of your playing that way. That's what Philadelphia is playing like now. If you, Philadelphia is almost like a Denver of the East. But switching gears and, and heading back out west, um, because I, I don't really think there's much to say about the Miami, Cleveland, Indiana's uh, of the East right now, because you never count Miami out. If they're in the mm-hmm. playoff, there's a chance they could do something. And that's really all you have to leave it at. We can say that they're a player away, but they're always a player away. And mm-hmm. even when, when they're a player away, they somehow wind up in the finals. So speculating on Miami, I just feel like as long as Miami's in the playoff conversation, they're a threat and they're still in the playoff conversation. Um, right now, they would be slated to play against um, Philadelphia, and I, I, don't, I don't favor them to beat Philadelphia in a seven-game series. But Miami, I give them a punch and a chance against just about pretty much any other team. Um, out West, Minnesota looks like 21-6, man. They've been winning. 21 and 6. They only have lost one game at home. They are 9 and 5 on the road. Mm-hmm. They have one of the best defenses in the NBA. Yeah. They've got the best two guard, probably, in the NBA. Since Devin Booker is officially now a point guard. Mm-hmm. You know, I had that conversation in, in the chat with y'all, and I was saying that he he might not have that, but it, there's no debating now because Devin Booker has accepted that he's a point guard at Phoenix. So he's the best two guard in the league. And like, like, like it's also been mentioned, he's on a trajectory to possibly become the face and one of the best players in the league, if not the best player. But I just don't know. I don't know if you put that team in the playoffs, do you see him come out on the other side? Uh, Mike Conley's your one. Yep. Yeah, I, I really don't. I really don't know about Minnesota still keeping that. I mean, I will be. They the seeding to me don't matter. I'm just saying now. Yeah. Let's throw Minnesota in the playoff conversation because at 21 and six, I don't yeah. know what their playoff odds are, but if they stay healthy, yeah, you would expect. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to be somewhere in the playoff. Now, if they start spiraling, then we'll revisit this. But if they stay within the top three seeds for the remainder of of the season and make it to the playoffs, we have to talk about how far they can go. Because that's home court. Yeah. I I, I think, um, again, if if they were to – I mean, I can see them get out the first round. I don't see them going to the Western Conference Finals. I mean, now now the growth of uh, Ant-Man will be something to see. Because, again, see how everything goes in the second half and he puts his foot on the gas. But it would be interesting to see because I feel like of all the – no, even because I don't see Oklahoma City. But, yeah, I mean, I can see them get out the first round, but I can see a second-round matchup with, like, a Clippers team. I mean, right now, if they had – if they had, if we did the seeds and everybody held the fort and did the play-in and still kept the same seed they had, number one would be Minnesota playing Houston. I would favor Minnesota to beat Houston. I could, I could do that. But if number eight becomes Golden State, <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, or if number eight becomes the Lakers, you know, there are teams that you just know you put them up against Minnesota and you can you can you can hurt them. They do need a favorable matchup to get out of the first round. Mm-hmm. I do feel mm-hmm. like even with the record that they have and the the kind of dominance that that record and 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 the numbers that they're putting up indicate, I just feel like you look at those guys. And you fear players, but you don't fear the team, if that makes sense. Yeah, and then we honestly, we also got to be mindful of the coach, too, because, for one, not to sound crazy, I don't even remember the coach's name. And, 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 and he has not been, like, in that he hasn't been in the playoffs. So coaching – Coaching well, management. they did the playing thing, and did they actually? That's, yeah, you know, that's that's not it's not the same as. Because remember, they they were the team that gave quote unquote Denver the hardest run of their their title run. They hmm. they pushed Denver in that first that first series in the in the Western Conference. I mean, to five games, but they pushed them. 
Okay. Uh, I, I'm not saying it like I believe. I'm just saying that was the story that that, that came out from them. Um, I think it's disrespectful for us to not know who the coach. So I'm just going to get his name so that we can actually is say it, it on the part. Is it? It's not Fitch, right? No. It's Finch. I think that Finch. I think that is okay. Cool. I just can't type fast enough to. Uh, Chris Finch is his name. Chris. Okay. Um, yeah, great job out there, Mr. Finch. Um, we wish your, your team all the best. We we hope to see y'all come playoff time. Um, it is a good thing that this that this situation is playing out for them though, because we were all on record saying, "Yo, y'all traded way too much stuff to get Rudy Gobert." But I did mm-hmm. speak to the fact that Rudy Gobert is usually a part of the league's number one defense, and it looks like they figured out how to keep that part going. So now they have the Utah situation in front of them. You're a team that is going to, because of your defense, be very highly rated, but come playoff time, will you have enough? I mean, we're not talking about Carl Anthony Towns at all this year, and I don't know if that's because he's having a bad season or he's just quiet. You know, it's all Gobert's leading the defense, and Ant-Man is going to be a star, but I feel like you still need a secondary guy, and Carl Anthony Towns is giving you 22 a game. 22, almost 10. Mm-hmm. Just under a block, but I mean, come on, how many block shots are you gonna get with Gobert out there? Gobert just be out there cheating, running around. <laughs> he be blocking shots on guys he ain't even supposed to be guarding. Like, yo, get out of here, bro. Anyway, um, Mm-mm. yeah, so their top scorers go Ant Man at 25, Carl Anthony Towns at 22, Nas Reed at 13, Gobert at 12 and a half, Conley at 11, Jaden McDaniels at 10. Um, yeah, but we still. You still can't forget about uh, the reigning champs. And Gobert's dude. giving you 12, 12, and oh my God, talking that drug dealer talk. 12, 12, and 2. But who do you say? Mm. We, can't talk, we can't forget about what? We can't forget it's reigning champs, Denver. Denver's only uh, two games, what, three games back from the first place, Minnesota. So I mean, I still expect Denver to be there. I still expect Denver to be the uh-huh. person that you play against to get to the finals. So I'm not speaking out that like I almost have like their ticket booked because again this is that this is the the, the season after the championship where teams kind of understand I think there's a there's a mental conditioning that you do with your body and you know that like the basketball that you're playing in December is not the basketball you're gonna be playing in April yeah so I think it's really hard to have them be as locked in because they've already accomplished what they were locked in for previously. And then they also are really trying to get there healthy. So I feel like Denver's already played in positions where, you know what I'm saying? They've seen so many different outcomes in the playoffs of what could happen. I just think that they're trying to make sure that, you know, the oil has changed and the tires is, you know, all that type of stuff. Yeah, I I don't know if they're gonna put a real super duper effort into having the best record in the conference. It's almost like, you know, mm, yeah. you have that. That ain't even what I'm mad at. Exactly. But playoff time, I think, you know, you'll deal with the same version of Denver that, they, that they've always been. So, and then, you know, you got Sacramento right where they were before. Fourth seed. Oh, the yeah. Clippers, though. Time to talk mm-hmm. about it. You know, we mm-hmm. get the Clippers, they five minutes because, you know, we're almost running out. But it appears that they turned the corner. Um, they lost the last game that they played, but in their last ten games, they're nine and one. After starting out, what was it on five? After mm-hmm. acquiring Harden, yeah, that's a fact. Um, do you give the Clippers a punching chance? No, I do. Come out Def- of the West? definitely give them a punching chance. I mean, I, yeah, I give them a chance to to be close second round. You know, hard mat, tough matchup. I give him, I give him a uh, punch's chance. Do you think that there's a version of the Clippers that's better than the Sacramento Kings? Uh yeah, I think because you could you have four, you have three former. Yeah, yeah, I, I think there's a version of the Clippers. I don't know if we'll ever see that version, but I definitely think is there, there a is version one. of the Clippers that's better than the Thunder and the Timberwolves. I'm only asking because those are the teams that they're, they're underneath in the conference. Game. Give give them some more time. It's a possibility. Here's my thing. I think the Clippers 
are top heavy in a different way. You won't you won't punch them out of the game, mm-hmm. but they won't stop you out of the game. They may they may get a big enough lead that you can't catch up. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like they're good enough defensively to really close somebody out. They have players who are part of that who can be. And of course, Paul George and um, Kawhi. I don't even know how Paul George has been on defense this year, to be honest with you. I haven't really been able to give the Clippers enough attention, but I have been kind of like, yeah, watching them from a distance, especially with the situation that they had with, you know, when, when Harden first arrived and then Russ decided to go to the bench after they lost those, the, those first batch of games. So I just kind of like, you know, again, it's the Clippers. They're hurt all the time. You have to take a wait-and-see approach. They almost have like a Philadelphia tinge to them because you know what they could do, but you also know what they have done, and that hasn't been impressive. So Uh I just feel like from a defensive standpoint, I don't know if they'll be able to stop any of those teams. And I think Mm. that might be their downfall. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. I can definitely see that. Um. Dallas, I feel like until Kyrie is back, they're going to just be kind of like treading water and dependent on Luka, which mm-hmm. is typically what they are anyway. But the yeah. secondary scoring that Kyrie was providing them early in the season, it really had them able to, you know, compete and be better than some teams. And then they had the rest of those guys were kind of like developing into their roles. Then It was a good find in them being able to bring Derek Lively out and him actually being able to play. So yeah, he, he looks like a bona fide NBA player from from his rookie season. So Dallas mm-hmm. has some things, but I don't really see them contending, Mm-mm. even with Kyrie healthy. So, but Phoenix, Phoenix is in the ninth seed right now. Is Phoenix yeah. gonna be able to get it get it together in time? Health, health. This always gonna rely on health because you got three uh, tremendous offensive skill skilled players that have not played together. So that's always going to be the elephant in the room is Bradley Beal's health or someone else else's health. I really don't know. Phoenix, they can, to me, the way it's going, they can I can see them making a playing game and I can even I can I can see them getting eliminated in the playoff play in game or making it to the finals. Yeah. The Western Conference Finals. Like it's they it's, have they have the craziest of ceilings and the lowest of basements. Mm-hmm. Because they, they could crap out. All three guys could get hurt and be out for the season. Yeah. And I'm not I, wishing that on them, but, you know, Bradley Bills played, like, what, 17 seconds this season? If that much. Where, I mean, this is, I mean, this is the same team where their best player, he, um, it's foul, but <laughs> their best player is so fragile that he knocked himself out the layup. <laughs> <laughs> No, it wasn't even a layup line. It was warm ups, right? It was, it was mm, a three game mm, warm up, right? When Kevin Durant. Oh, man. Ah! Oh, man. <laughs> you that remember dude, that, right? I remember that, that, that was but that. Wild, son. It was, but he, when he's clicking on all cylinders, he's still one of the best players. He's not still. He is. He one is. Of the best. He's not still. He yeah, is yeah, one he of is. the best. So I don't yeah, even yeah, want to yeah. say, I only want to put that But I, it's I just, it's like, crazy how. Efficient he is, yeah, and it still feels spots in his night night Irene. But it's so crazy because even as efficient as he is, sometimes I feel like he still doesn't shoot enough. Mm. So that's mm. that's what's so crazy because he can get you thirty five and only sometimes put up you know fifteen shots, or he can put up twenty shots. But I'm more like, yo, you should be getting closer to thirty to thirty two shots. I'm sorry, KD. Yeah, they're, they're gonna need times. you. There have been times where, like, when they ask him that, like, yo, how come you don't got a 60-point game or a 70-point game? And he'll be like, yo, you got to understand. I just feel like I play with it. Like, he he's he said that, like, and I want to know if, and this is what we're closing on. Do you feel like not only is Kevin Durant one of the best scorers ever, the answer to that part is yes, but is he also one of the best or most organic scorers ever? Because – Guys like Kobe, guys like Devin Booker, guys like Tatum, Braun even, when they want to go get a number, they go get it. But Kevin Durant has kind of sold himself and projected himself as a guy who's like, yo, I, I never really put a target up. Like, yo, I'm going to go give y'all 55. 
like the game gave y'all 55 because that's what y'all allowed me to do. That's the way he's presenting himself. Do you feel like that's true though? I can see that. I can see that. Cause it's never, like you said, yeah, I've never felt like I've never felt like it's just such a good, it's going to be kind of weird when I say it. I never ever felt like Kevin Durant was saying, listen, I'm going to take this game over. Don't ever think about passing the ball to nobody else. I've I'm, seen moments in his career where he's been that way, but never uh-huh. a game. You're right. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, And that, to me, I think is one of the... I think Olympic mode Durant could kind of be like that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. still. That's still within right. the flow of the offense. Like, he's going to get his numbers within the flow of the offense. I've never felt like he's dominated the offense. To right. the point where, like, all right, like you say, Kobe, you say, okay, he's gonna, you know, this is Kobe's time. Don't even think about it. You know, he's in this mode of, I'm gonna get up 30 shots. I'm gonna do this X, Y, and Z. I've Y'all never getting 70 tonight or 62 and three quarters or whatever he's in the mood for. Oh, oh, y'all, y'all, sk- y'all skipped over me in the draft. All right, y'all about to get 40. Like, I, I see. And Kobe has, and, and you know, like what, what, what has been spoken of him and what he said about himself, he'll go out there and create a, a goal, a target, a hurdle, and, and then he's going to go and knock that, 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 that target down. But I don't see that in Durant. One thing we can say, he might have ring chase, but I, I can never say that he's been a stat chasing, a stat padding type of scorer. Which is scary. Crazy. Which is scary. Because now, what is he? He's top, top 10. 10 now? <laughs> yeah, we're on the same page. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm top ten, and and yeah, because like you said, and, 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 and I'm top ten with, by going within the Florida offense. Like Oklahoma City, Kevin Durant, there was definitely moments where you felt like, all right, I'm a, I'm going I'm going for something. No, like, but he so, but they were doing but, that. Yeah, the team was like, yo, we got you. We don't got nothing else. Shoot, 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 shoot. It was like even if he didn't want them to call that play, they was calling plays for him. So. It wasn't him. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's times where we watch, and it was like, yo, there's no way this is the triangle offense. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We saw Kobe do that. We saw Mike do it. There are times where mm-hmm. Mike take the first option in, the, in the, um, the triple post. He go to that elbow. Nobody get the ball. Exactly, yeah. So, but I, I don't recall, like you said, a, a time where it was like, damn, Durant going nuts. Like you don't, you don't really. I mean, and there was there, there probably overlooked times, like you said, in his Oklahoma mm-hmm. City days. But as far as his career overall, even when he was doing it to Cleveland, it wasn't like oh, it looked like he out there taking out a grudge. It was just like nah, he opened and he just took a three, kabang. I think too because he is so efficient. Because again, he's not taking that many shots, but he's getting a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the scary thing too because. A lot of times with certain players, you have to see them take a lot of shots to get a lot of points. Kevin Durant's not doing that. So that's that's the thing, too, that we're not – I mean, you got to figure, this guy's been a 50, 40, 90 guy for a Almost long – Yeah, and that's that's crazy to be a top 10 scorer. That's the gold standard of efficiency, yeah. Yeah. And he would still have to play like twenty more seasons to catch Bron, which is wild. <laughs> that's that's just how insane and crazy these numbers are for these these guys. I, I feel like this generation that we're watching ride into the later parts of their career, like obviously they, there's no replacing them, but I feel like some of the thresholds and numbers and accomplishments accomplishments that they they've achieved the way that basketball is played and the way that careers are, because we keep talking about guys' careers being extended, but I also feel like there's another trajectory where a lot of these new younger guys, they're not going to have the same type of long careers with the same type of feature attention that these players that we talk about now have. Like Steph came into his own after what, four years? And he's just been Steph ever since. And what is he on, year 14? So that's 10 years of that. And he's only at like twenty thousand points, twenty two thousand points maybe, so maybe maybe twenty three thousand points. Even though he might get to five thousand three points made, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like crazy. Yeah, 
But on that note, we're going to go ahead and bring this excellent conversation to a close. As always, we'd like to say thank you to our supporters, listeners, and subscribers. If you'd like to join us, please do so on any of the podcasting platforms where you can find podcasts available, Apple Music, Spotify, so on and so forth. If you catch our podcast on those places, please leave us a review. We are always welcome to feedback. You can email us directly at viewsfromtheclutch at gmail.com. Tag us on social media at Views from the Clutch on Instagram and Facebook. On that note, I'm going to say happy holidays to you all and peace. Same. Peace.